Well, get your Bibles out. You ready for the Word? All right, sermon title today is called Game Plan 3. If you've been around here, we've been talking about football. And I know that there you got some football guys here. And they missed my glorious morning when we showed Georgia taking the ball from Alabama and running down the field with it. But I was only showing a, a video for the sake of a sermon. And someone said, why did you pick Georgia and Alabama? Why not use the winningest team in the college football as my example? And whose fault is that? Never mind, I'm going to come over here. We're not even getting a grunt out of these guys. So anyway, we, we, I've, I've been talking about having a plan, having a game plan. We've been talking about we're using sports because it's something we understand. I want to use natural means of explaining something to you. Now, tell me, who's the football coach that stood up in, after his team lost and pulled out a football and said, this is a football? Lombardi, Vince Lombardi. Now, you might think, now, now hold on with me, don't, don't leave. Why in the world would a man grab a football, walk into a locker room with men that have been playing this sport since they were six and say, this gentleman is a football? You'd almost think that's quite offensive to offend him. He didn't do it to offend him. He did it because he was making a very, very valid point. And, and the guys in here that play football, they will tell you what I'm about to say is true. You don't win games because you have fancy plays. You win games because you do the basics better than the other team. Am I right about that? The guys that, that receive, they need to be the best receivers in, in, in college. The quarterback needs to be able to drop that ball and where he wants it to hit. And, 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 and the linebackers, they need to stop everybody coming after that court. They, there's no, I tried. This is the reason, this is the reason they have practice games in order to become good at their skill. In Christianity, how good are you going to get without practicing your skill? Not very. So I'm going to start off this morning, and I'm going to do a Daryl. This is a Bible. This is a Bible. This is God's Word. Without this book, you'll never know God. Without this book, you'll never know who you are. Without this book, you will never know your enemy. Without this book, you will fail. Period. A lot of Christians are sitting in church right now thinking that showing up, being sweet, and being ignorant and asking God to help them is, is enough. Try it on the field. We prayed. I'm glad you did. If you didn't show up for practice, I don't care how much you pray. You can get the whole church to intercede. You're going to lose. Now, we talked about practice. We talked, we talked before today about how 
the quarterback, what he does when he goes to practice is he throws the ball, and 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 he throws. Someone said, well, doesn't he know that? No, not yet. You do not become skilled without doing the simple things over and over and over. And the guy catching, he runs, he catches, he runs, he catches, he runs, he catches. And what's practice look like next week? Exactly like the one this week. The Bible that you heard me preach is worthless to you. Watching football doesn't make you a football player. Sitting on the sideline doesn't make you a football player. Showing up to the game doesn't make you a football player. Showing up to practice does. And taking it serious. Now, I'm going to read. A, I'm going to read something to you, and I'm going to make a statement to you. And I, and and I, because I'm after, I'm after you right now. I'm after you real good. You do not need a plan to fail. You need a plan to succeed. Without a plan, you will fail. It's all right to be quiet. Makes me think you're thinking. You know, I like football, but I'm going to tell you, there's more going on than just throwing the ball and catching, throwing the ball and catching. There's another team out there that does not want that ball to go anywhere. It's called opposition. And you must know that on game day, they are coming after your ball. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm going to pop a scripture up here on the, on the board, and I want, you to, I want you to look at this. 1 Peter 5, 8. I want you to look at this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Alabama wants your ball. That's cute for football, but in life. Now, I'm, trying, I'm going to wake you up a little bit, and I want you to, I'm not scaring you because the greater one is in you, and you know that. But the greater one in you is, God in you is worthless if he has no scriptures in you to help you. If you don't know the Bible, even God in you can't help you. Now, that's a shock, isn't it? Let me ask you a question. Does God love the world? Did he die? Did he rise from the dead? Does he want people to go to heaven? Are there people not going? What percentage in the earth? Between 80 and 90%. Can God change that statistic? He cannot. That's a very sobering thought. I'm going somewhere and it's going to get quiet here for a minute. 80% of Christians have no idea what that book says. They don't know God, they don't know who they are, and they don't know who their enemy is. How much can God help you? He can't. Now, I'm saying that because of this. We wake up on Sunday morning, we walk into a church thinking that if you show up, put no effort into it, no interest in doing the Word of God, no interest in paying attention at all, just showed up. That somebody up here is going to pray for you and get you where you don't want to go. I mean, I'll take a win if you just hand it to me. I'll take a million if you hand it to me, but don't ask me to go to school and work for it. 
Let's go back to planning for a minute. Let's go down this road. Listen, just pay attention to me. How many of y'all went to college? Did it cost you? Yeah. It apparently was worth the cost. We're not talking about it. You, you knew that for four years you were going to have to make a decision that the books were number one. Am I right or am I, am I smoking dope? No. Maybe. No, no, not really. You went to school knowing what it would cost you. Did you know that you've never gone anywhere in life without a plan? And you're not going anywhere now without a plan. Just hoping something happens will not. I just described over 80% of everybody who calls themselves Christian. Why are you just waiting on God? <laughs> no, you're not. He's waiting on you. And then when it doesn't happen, you're sitting around going, I guess it wasn't his will. Don't shout me down. If you want to play football, if you do, I'm going to explain something to you. It'll cost you to be on a team and win games. It'll cost you. While your friends are out doing stuff on Saturday, you're out busting your head. If you want to be a doctor, your life's going to change. And there's going to be a priority change in you. Where did we get the idea that being a Christian would cost you nothing? Where did you get the idea that victory would cost you nothing? The Bible says in James, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only, deceiving who? The only person who deceived you was you. You looked in your mirror, you told yourself a lie and went, Amen. Thank you. We're going to talk about making plans today, plans for victory. You and I are going to live in these last days victorious over death, hell, and the grave. We're going to learn three things. We're going to learn who God is. We're going to learn who you are, and you're going to learn who your enemy is. Let's go back to football for a minute. One of the things that happens if a game, if a, if a coach is good, if he's good, he knows his players. He's trained them, but he knows the other team. He knows the, the receivers don't get a ball near him. He will suck it out of the sky. We're talking to other team now. The guys that are the, that are, um, what you, the, the linemen, they know who the bruisers are. They know the guy that sacks the quarterback more than anyone else. They know who to put in front of him and can him. Don't you get him near me. I got to get this ball out of him. If a coach would do that for a team, should we not have enough knowledge of our enemy to know how he operates? He's out to steal, kill, 
and destroy you. That is a serious thing. It doesn't have to happen. You have the greater one. You have the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. You have a Bible laying here that is so powerful that it is God in print. You, listen, you have all, everything that Jesus, but all of that, all of that being at your disposal and not knowing how to operate it is totally worthless material. Woo! Y'all are doing pretty good, but you know, do y'all know how you're, I can hear you thinking so strong right now that I'm hearing cogs turn that haven't turned in years. You're like, oh my God, I just plowed most churches' fields sideways just now because it's all up to God. What a convenient lie. My days of watching your children in church get to teenage years and walking out and destroying their life are coming to an end today. We're going to start making them knowing God and this book the highest priority of their life. I'm going to ask you a question right now, a very pointed question. What do you have right now that will be valuable to you in a hundred years from now? Your car, your house, your job, your children. Say yes. Now this is going to be a brutal statement. Do you want to look up in heaven and they're not there? If they don't know God in the Bible, they're not going. Lie number one shot down. Are y'all out there? Jesus is very pointed in the difference between a disciple and a convert. He never made a convert. Let me let me back up. Go to Jeremiah twenty nine. Go to twenty nine eleven. Go, let's go to twenty nine eleven. Say say turn to your neighbor and say he's he's preaching real good to you. Okay. Do you guys know how much I struggle to, when I'm doing sermons like this? I like being liked. You know, I was watching Andrew Walmack yesterday on my phone, and um, he was talking to a guy, and he said, when I first started preaching grace, he said, I caught it from faith people. He said, now that I'm preaching faith, I'm catching it from grace people. <laughs> He said, there's a balance. Folks, look, we, need a, we need a balance. God loves you. you. You need to know. You need a diet of the love of God. You need a diet of the grace of God. You, you also need a diet of the fear of God. You need a diet of reverence for God. You have an enemy that wants to kill you, and, I, and, and I'm not, he's not killing you on my watch. Now, this is God talking. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. God wants you. He, wa- he wants more than anything for you to have a good life. He wants you to have money. He wants you to have a good marriage. He wants you to have 
He, God, he wants that for you more than you want it for you. And he has a plan. You'll call on me and pray to me. I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you, said the Lord, and I'll bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from the nations and all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. I'm going to bring you to the place in which I caused you to be carried away. Listen, go to Genesis chapter 4. I'm going to show you something here. I'm going to show you something. We're getting off this. We'll come back to this. God has a plan. You need a plan written out on how to live for God. You need, a, you need a written plan. You need to know what it's going to take you to arrive where you want to go. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's go back to, let's go to Genesis. Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bore Cain and said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. She bore again this time, brother Abel. Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was tiller of the ground. The process of time, it came to pass. Cain brought an offering to the fruit of the ground of the Lord. And Abel also brought firstborn. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. And he did not respect Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. And the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well. I want you to listen to what I'm going to say. I cannot pray a prayer and get you saved. You have to do it yourself. There's nothing I can take you. Not even God can do that. That's a heavy thought. Well, you walk in a church on Sunday morning, and so often you're coming in here looking for someone to help you get out of your mess. The only person to get you out of your mess is you. You cannot, someone cannot pray a prayer and override you're not having a plan. Can't be done. Nobody can line you up and pray for your healing. And even if you got healed you know, in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, it's all coming back. If you don't learn how to keep sickness at bay. You don't learn how to walk by faith. You can learn by faith. You can learn by faith. You, you can walk with God. Any, any person in this room, you can walk as close to God as you want to. You can have as much knowledge as you want. But you have to study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs to be ashamed, and rightly dividing the word truth. You have to make a decision that's what I'm going to do. Nobody can make it. I, nobody can do it. If you do well, you will be accepted. People are going, I want accepted. Do right. I don't have to accept your immorality. I can accept you, but, but nobody has to accept immorality and ungodliness. No, nobody has to. Listen, I'm going to say something. Nobody has to like you. You can't, you can't make people like you. They don't like you. They don't like you. It's their business. Number one, you need to like you. Okay. 
And if you do well, sin lies at the door and its desires for you. You have to rule it. God says, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Nobody on the planet can get rid of the devil in you but you. The devil is rogue. He's crazy. Nobody's picking that phone up and surfing for porn but you. Nobody is wasting their time on frivolity but you. All the praying in the world isn't going to change it. Boy, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm trying to wake the church up because you're sitting here waiting on God. God is in you. He will do anything you put your, you head in a direction, he will head there with you. You pick up a Bible, he will be there to read it with you and show you everything in this book you need to know. But he's not telling you anything if you don't, if you don't pick it up, you don't know nothing. But it has to be a high priority. Let's go back to priorities a minute. When you go to college, be, the books must be a priority. In Christianity, there should be nothing on this planet more important to you than this book right here. Amen. Yes, sir. Now, I don't care whether you come back to this church, and I don't care whether you like me. But here's my instruction. You get a Bible, and you learn it. You let the Holy Ghost teach you. You can, you can do any. Listen, if you know the Word of God, I would rather you not come to this church and know the Bible than for you to come here and not know it. There is nothing going to put you over. And you have to make a plan to do that. I mean, at least have enough sense of an Alabama boy. Now, y- y'all must know by now, I, I'm not, I don't like pro ball. I, I'm always in my brain going, did y'all sell out? Good God, you know good and well y'all know better. Than, anyway, that's me, that's me, that's me. I sometimes turn pro ball off and go, you y'all. ain't none of y'all that dumb. But college boys are serious. Ain't nobody paying them. And they're, they're out there going, we win this game. And if they lose, then oh, my God, we're losing again. Of course, if you want a real winner, you need to be a Georgia fan. And, be a real winner. and I, 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 told, <laughs> I told these guys that when, when Alabama beat Georgia, I said, they'll be back. No, we won't. I'll put on your jersey right now, but they'll be back. Because I grew up in Georgia, and I'm going to tell you something. You draw a line in the dirt with a Georgia boy, he'll step over it. You don't want to do that in Georgia. (laughs) Say amen anyway. (laughs) You know, people have tried to, they have prayer meetings trying to get my personality out of me, and it hadn't worked. (laughs) You can be a man as long as you're a gentle man. You can be a man. 
It's just in the right. Call, there's nothing wrong with 500 horses. Just know when to use them. Don't take my horsepower away. God, Jesus is Lord. Go to Luke 14. Someone said to me the other day, I'm going to eat my words. That's fine with me. That's fine with me. We'll be back. You know, we need more Georgia people in this church. I'm beginning to feel a little persecuted around here. <laughs> Are you ready? Luke 14, 25. Now a great multitude went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, and his own life, he cannot be my disciple. We read that and go, what? That sounds so unchristian, it ain't funny. Can't even imagine Jesus, lovely Jesus, saying such a thing. He did not say, you don't love your mother, your father, your wife, and your children. He is talking about priorities. The Lord Jesus is not sharing you with anybody. He wants to be number one. Does that make sense? Now, why? Now, let's go down this road for a minute, and I'm going to explain to you the reason why. I do not want to be her number one. That's a failed marriage. When her and I have a spat, and usually she's wrong, I want her to pick up that Bible and when she wants to leave and go in the other room and not talk to me, I want her to go talk to God. I want my wife to be more in love with Jesus because he has never disappointed her, but I have. If, you are mar if you're dating a girl, get her Bible. If there's no crayon marks in it, don't marry that girl. When Lisa and I have a disagreement, whether I'm right or wrong, and I've been wrong before, I'm teasing, you know that. I get my Bible and I go talk to God. And I have done that. And Lisa will say, you need to go pray. And I say, I'm going to. <laughs> Listen, you're not going to live on this earth without conflict. You're not going to do it. And there have been times when I've gone in there and I have prayed her through. And there have been times when I've gone in there and he wrung me out. And he said, son, you're wrong. Because listen to me, listen to me. Lisa did not want to be married. She wants a man. Women want men. Want no wimp. But the man has to be submitted to someone. 
She wants a man under God. And I go in there and get this out, and there are many a day I walked back in and went, I'm wrong, you're right. Please forgive me, I need to make some adjustments. Praise God for this. This this right here is the standard in my home. When boys were growing up, I don't have a standard. We have a standard, and I didn't write it. This nation has a standard, and we didn't write it. Are y'all out there? Okay, let's go back to Luke. I'm glad that y'all are like amen in me because this this is like amen. Whoever does not bear his cross and come after me can't be my disciple. Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost? Can now the tower there is not just building a tower. The tower is in the middle of a garden. So let, let's talk business for a moment. When you build a business, do you sit down and ask yourself, do I have the knowledge to run this business? Do I know how to do this? Do I have the people that I need to help me? Do I have the money to build it? If you don't, don't start. Prayer is not going to change. You, there, you need a pencil. You need to go, can I do this thing I want to do? Yeah. All right, now, let, 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 boy, y'all are doing good. I'm so proud of y'all. When we built this church, this church cost me $835,000 to build this church. This land cost me $125,000. We only had like 100 people, and we only had like several thousand dollars a week coming in. I had to sit down with a piece of paper and ask the hard questions. Can we afford the land? Can we build a building without looking like a bunch of idiots? Am I going to get halfway through with this building and go, oops? Listen, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I don't have to have some business sense. You got to have some brains in your head. I have a pastor friend who was in another town, and 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 I asked him. I said, "How's your building going?" Ah, oh, we're believing God. Ah, oh, we're calling the money high. Pray the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. And he's building rapid, crazy. And I and I looked at him, and I and I told Lisa, I said, "He scares me." He also intimidated me. I mean, my God, this man has so much faith. I mean, he's like building, building, and blah, 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 blah. I'm going, I said, I told Lisa, I said, I, I, that, I can't do that. That scares me. His church doesn't exist. He got halfway through, and the city took it back because he ran out of money. Dummy, du- dummy, dumb, dumb, dumb. And I told him. And he told me, you just don't got no faith. Well, don't need faith when you need brains. So I sat down and I, you know, when we built this place, I want you to know, we painted the walls. I stained all the doors. I hung all the doors. I sat back and looked at what it was going to cost me to build this building. And I fired the GC. I fired him. I took over this thing because I can. I know how to do that. And so when I got finished, we built a building that I knew we could we can do this. But I, had, I sat down and I formed a plan. I drew the building up so that when the plumber comes in, I'm not saying pray and ask the Lord where the toilet should be. 
I didn't do that. I said, there, it's on the print, Jack. It goes in the bathroom on a... We, we do that in the natural. Why don't we do that in church, folks? Why, why is it that you do not have a plan to succeed? Do you not understand? You need to know God. You need to know who you are. You need to know who your enemy is. You, you've got to understand. What is it going to cost me to be a Christian? Do you understand that if you walk the aisle and say, I want to get born again, that you're going to have to go home and tell your boyfriend you're living with, you're now saved? Did you not think about that before you walked up and said, I want to get born again, and I'm going to go home and change that? No, you're, no, no, get. But you say, but I don't want to go to hell. Get, get a plan. Live with someone. Make changes. I don't know. Come on, y'all, help me out a little bit. I'm trying to. If you're going to live for God, you're going to have to open the book. And you're going to need to be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. That means there are some things you're doing now, you're not going to do them anymore. If you, if you have homosexual tendencies, today is your last day. You call that, that stops, now cut it off. If you have a girlfriend and you're living out, today, that caller, get saved, bye. If you're smoking marijuana and you got to come in here and go, you know what, I think maybe we might want to think we think about what we're doing like glory to God. I have more passion in me, but somebody told me one time, says, when you're passionate, you look mad. And I go, eh, sometimes I am. I'm not really. I'm really not. I'm really not. My day of watching young people grow up in this church and get their teenage years and walk out and never see them again. God, I'm tired of it. Why don't you teach them the Bible? Why don't you, why don't you quit making college the biggest thing in their life? If they're in college and they don't know God, hey, you, what, that's a waste of time. You say, well, nothing I can do about it now. Yes, there is. Your kids want to follow parents that are on fire. Make, get a plan, find out what it's going to cost you for victory, and go for it. I have day, every day of my life, Lisa and I get up, we get in the Word, we pray. I've met the devil. I don't like him. I'm going to tell you a story right now. That when Lisa and I were going through the, we, we were building the cabin, and they were tearing the cabin up, and we came in here, and, and people were tearing the church up, and, and uh, I, I had uh, a congestive heart failure, and she had adrenal fatigue, and those are only a few things that were going on, but someone just, uh, one of the boys blew their car up, and the neighbors stole our dog, and, and, and it sounded like a country western song. I'm telling you, it was just bad. It was, it, it was bad. It was bad. And I walked into Kenneth Copeland meeting, and I'm sitting on the second row 
right in the dead center behind Kenneth, and he's preaching to the crowd, and he leans over and looks me right in the eye and said, you underestimated your enemy. And I went, you're dang right I did. I did, I did. I went, I did not take that sucker. He came to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to tell you something. My life is a royal mess. And I'm playing a game. I'm thinking, I'm a pastor. Go to the church and preach the Bible. The devil's trying to kill me. Neighbors are trying to kill me. Family's trying to kill me. Sickness and disease is trying to kill me. When I got my Bible and went out there and threw it on the ground, I said, from this day forward, hell or high water. My priorities are changing. This is number one. I'm going to learn my enemy. I'm going to learn my God. I'm going to learn the Holy Ghost. And I ain't playing a game with you anymore this day for this day forward. Amen. I pray in the Holy Ghost like you do, and I have days I'm just as dry as you are. I get up and I pray in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. I pick up my Bible and con- con- confess who I am, confess who I am. And then I learn about my enemy. And, the, and let me tell you something. God ain't never going to do nothing about the devil. He will never, never do. You do something or he does not get done. Rebuke the devil. Resist the devil. But it doesn't say that. Submit to God. You're not submitted to God. The devil doesn't give a rip what you say. Let me, let me just say this real quick. Let me do The faith message only works only for people who are word people and Holy Ghost people who walk in love. You don't walk in the love of God. Faith don't work. I believe in God. Not if you don't have a Bible open, honey. You ain't believe in God. It's too strong for y'all. No, no. This, I don't know. Let's talk about the last days just a minute. What's going on in the Middle East? Yeah, you ever read about Damascus being a heap of ruins? Right. I'm going to tell you what's fixing to happen. This is the beginning of the Ezekiel 38 war. You're watching it. We're here. You say, I don't want to be here. <laughs> too bad. You're here. That scares me. That's your fault. There will be a war. After this war breaks out and God wins it for them, the Antichrist, the Jews, there are liberal Jews. There's liberals everywhere, y'all. There's Jewish liberals. There's anti-Christian, anti-God Jews. I don't know where they are. They don't know their Bible. And they're tired of war. They want to be like everybody else. Why does everybody want to kill us? And they are going to sign a peace treaty. And that is the beginning of the seven years. Now, I don't know where you are on your rapture theology. And I'm going to give you a little idea here, and I'm just going to throw it out. God never told you because you're a sweet American, you will not go through trouble. Because if he don't, if he gets you out of here because you, (laughs) the people in Ukraine, he owes them an apology. The people in Iran, he owes them an apology. 
the people in China, they're already in the tribulation period, they think. They already have. The tribulation's not wrath, it's trouble. And he never told you you wouldn't go through trouble. And if you want to go through trouble and make it, you're going to want to pick a Bible up. And you're going to want to know how to pray. Just not trying to scare you. Someone says, well, I want to be raptured. Well, you can go to Iran. They'll cut your head off and give you one personal rapture. <laughs> I'd say that. I'm not, I'm not. What we've created in this country is an escape trouble. What is normal priority one? The harvest, not leaving. God is not taking the harvest machine out until the earth is harvested. And just because you don't want to be a part of the harvest and you want to get out of here, for some reason or another, I don't think that God gives a worries about that much. You won't be the first person that ever died. Shandai, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Help me, Jesus. I'm trying to. I got to tell you all something. I have a war that goes on in me between obeying God and preaching the sermons he gives me and your face. Because I have a lot of things he wants to say. And I'm kind of scared y'all ain't ready. Do you know the reason they put you in boot camp? Because they're sending you to a war zone. You know why God has you in church? You're in a war. Ah. Suck it up, buttercup. <laughs> you need to thank God you're here in my church. Because I'm not going to leave you hanging. I'm going to get you as ready. I'm going to get you so ready that when you wake up in the morning, every devil in hell is going to scream, oh, oh my God, they're awake. I'm going to teach you to shoot a gun. I'm going to teach you. I'm going to teach you how to. I'm going to teach you how to, I bind you, devil from hell, lying devil from hell. I bind you. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I'm going to teach you how to love people that are ugly. Because faith don't work without love. You're going to walk out of here and they're going to go, you go to that church. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. You know, timidity is a spirit. That's a demon. I just don't want that. I don't like that song, We, we Loud. I'm not getting loud. You'll be loud in hell. 
Everybody in hell's loud. When you get to heaven, you're going to be loud. Ah! Glory. <laughs> Just get practice for eternity. Amen. All right. And where was I? Glory to God. Hmm. Did we read Matthew 5 yet, Lisa? Go to Matthew 5, 29. <laughs> Someone said, I want to move a God. <laughs> well, then become one. Let's go back to football for a minute. And we have some, we have some football players here. Do you like playing football? Do you like hitting people? Yeah, yeah. Take it out. Do you, do you love winning? The whole reason I'm using football is that you should love winning. You should. I do not want to play on any team with people who are casually there. We got practice next week, coach. Huh? Bench him. I don't. I don't want to get that. I want to. When you step on the field, I want to hear you growl. And it's not. Is it just me? Is it just me? I want to wake up in the morning and go, ah, I'm going to whoop every devil in hell and get on the microphone. Their neighbors are going to go, ah. Greater is he that's inside of me that he's in the world. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed. Hey, I'm self-born. My sins in his own body. Glory to be the God Jesus is Lord. Ain't no such thing as a shy Christian. He's shy. He's shy. <laughs> You know, I don't think y'all would have liked John the Baptist at all. If he was on the earth today, ain't nobody would have him in their church. That John, nah, he's crazy. Running people off. Never mind. What chapter did I tell y'all to go to? Matthew 5. You ready? Now, I'm reading out of the Bible. Is that all right? If the Bible scares you, oh, that scares me. But I'm going to read scriptures that Jesus said. And we'll show you something. I say to you that whoever looks at a woman, verse 28, 528, the lust after her has already committed adultery within his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, put your finger behind your eyeball and pluck that sucker out of your head. That is as brutal as it can get. I can't believe that Jesus, <laughs> sweet Jesus, said that. And then he goes on to say something else just about as crazy. If your hand keep, if you can't keep your hands out of other people's stuff, it would be better if you cut your hand off than to go to hell. What in the world is he trying to convey? Folks, there must become a radical change in you. 
the day I got born again, and he walked in my room. Sweet Jesus. Dope, playboys, booze, rock music, dumpster. Get a Bible, come on. Am I the only one he ever talked to like that? I don't think so. You know how while you're having trouble with sin, you have never said 100%, that's it. No more. Anything keeping you from practice, cut it out. Anything keeping you from starting a business and make, cut it out. Find out what is it going to cost me to make it. Everything else, birthday parties, friend, cut it out. Those things are not immoral. But you have no life ahead of you without making decision on what stays and what goes. And we're trying so hard to live like the world and be a Christian, it ain't even funny. You can't even be a disciple. That's a strong, that's a strong language. I think some days we just need to have meetings where you just get up here and lay all, everything that ain't right and put it on the altar and turn around and walk out. Ladies, I'm going to tell you something that will help you. Every dog you feed will stay at your house. Well, all these strays keep coming around. No, they're not. You're feeding them. If you don't feed a dog, they will go to the neighbor's house. If you don't feed your flesh... I mean, we don't even have any cleavage magazines at home. Right. Women's, we, we don't, if it has, if it has a fourth of a boob on it, it ain't in our house at all. <laughs> we don't have a video on any, we don't have a video anywhere in our house that your children could pick up and put in a, and it would buy not one in the house. You say, Pastor, do you have a problem with lust? No. No, I'm having all I can do to handle one woman. God, I don't want to. (laughs) Amen. Women say amen. You don't want another one. I'm preaching better. (laughs) You understand, I'm, I'm, I'm all over my notes. I don't even know where I am on my notes. What time is it? 2 Timothy 2.15, pop it up on the screen. Let's read this. Let's read it. It says in the, in the New King James, be diligent to present yourself. Go to the King James and pop it up there. Pop King James up there. I want that up there. It'll take up a second. It says study Study. She'll get it up there. She's fine. Study what? Study. 
Do you know your enemy? He can't. See, Jesus said you'll know truth, and truth sets you free. If you don't know truth, you're not free and never will be. That's right. Yeah. I'm just praying. Pick up a Bible. Amen. Study to show yourself approved. Study what? This. Study what? God. Do you know God? I don't mean you know about God. If you don't know this, you do not know him. Do you know the Holy Ghost? I didn't ask you if you speak in tongues. I said, do you know God the Holy Ghost? How do you know him? Do you know who you are? If you don't know this, you don't even know who you are. You, you think you who your mama told you you are. Who ABC, NBC, and CBS said you are. That is the devil. I was listening to the devil on TV the other night. What for? You sit and listen to a bunch of liars on TV and I'm going to have a good life. You're lost your mind. You know they're lying and you listen to it anyway. Turn it off. Let's talk about this now. Your adversary, the pastor. The guy, you've heard me say this before, and I'm going to say it again. If I turn the light on and there's roaches on the counter, the light did not create the roach. My preaching is not creating your roaches. You had roaches when you came in here. If I flip the light on and roaches, you need a can of 401, 409, ammonia, vinegar and water. I don't care how you do it. Pull the refrigerator and the stove out. There's grease been dripping down there for 25 years and you want to know why you have roaches. Never mind. That's too much for y'all. When I was a maintenance man, I would go into people's houses. She said, we have roaches and I don't know what's wrong. I always walked in and grabbed the stove and snatched it out and she went, oh my God. And I said, clean your house. And they hated me. I didn't do that. That's your grease. Now I get, uh, now I'm a pastor and I will come out and go, nah, that's your grease. Yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that grease on your wall. And the raisins and the cornflakes and the, and the Oreo crackers behind your refrigerator. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, every once in a while, you might want to just snatch it out and go, glory to God, I'm going to read this thing. <laughs> now, where was I before I interrupted myself? <laughs> Study what? God cannot help you past your knowledge. There's a season in your life when you're a baby and that baby is laying there and doesn't have a clue. And mommy and daddy will feed it and take, you're not driving the car. 
You don't get car keys. You don't get a pocket knife. You don't get a gun. You're a baby. If you want to grow up and be an adult, grow up and be an adult. But there comes a day in your life where mommy and daddy, you come and say, mommy and mommy, where's my food? In the refrigerator. Cook it yourself. And when you get through, wash your own dishes and put them up. I ain't cleaning up after you. And by the way, get your laundry out of my washing machine in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I ain't washing your clothes. That's if you're a good parent. If you're a bad parent, you go, honey, baby, I know it for you, a 40-year-old bum. Study. You know, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6, it says, talks about the devil. And then it talks about the breastplate of righteousness. That's the word. The sword of the spirit. That's the word. Your mind renewed with the word of God. That's the word. Feed shot with the preparation of the gospel. That is the word of God. Everything in that armor is the word. What good is it to go to war and you don't even know how to use a gun? I was watching TV one day, and they had two boys, Antifa guys. And one of them was standing there, and he said, this is my gun. And someone said, do you know how to reload it? And he goes, no, that's why whenever it runs out of bullets, I give it to Billy over there. He puts bullets in it for me, and I'm going, you're the idiot I want to get on this fight with. (laughs) You come along, Sam. Well, I'm going to tell you something. When I have a problem, I just go in the prayer women and give them my problems and they pray for it. You're the person Satan's looking for. That's right. You don't even know how to load your own gun. You can ask the colonel back there. By the time you get in the military, you can clean your gun blindfold. And you better be able to because there may be days you might be blind. Am I right about that? I mean, we're talking, yeah. Let's talk about the military just a little bit more. You join the military. Uh, you go in there to your commanding officer. Go, well, you know, my mother's throwing me a birthday party, and I won't be here. <laughs> right? I don't think so. I don't know why in the world the commander of the troops of heaven and the head of the church, the, the king of kings and the lord of lords, doesn't have the right to look at you and say, I got an assignment for you, and I really don't care if it's your birthday. Glory to God. All right, now go. <laughs> All right, I got to stop. Go to Revelation chapter. Say amen. amen. Say this is a Bible. If you're here today and you have not been reading it, I'm not preaching condemnation, but I do want you to walk out of here and say, today. I'm fixing to learn this book. Yeah. Colonel, imagine a man being in the military that's never read the, what is it, an SOP? The standard of morality standard. And, and, and never, 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 never. I mean, I just kind of want to know what, what would you do? I mean, sir, I don't know it, sir. Not going to read it, sir. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not trying to be a smart. You're, you're dropping That's it. That's it. Until you decide to do it. I don't read the Bible. not going to, sir. Drop it. Give me 50. <laughs> you're crazy. That's good. 
I, I'm, I'm going to tell on myself right now, and I don't want y'all to judge me harshly. Except for one part of the, the movie, Band of Brothers. I like that movie. Because there's so much good leadership in that movie about a band of men who went to war together and had each other's backs, and they took their job serious. God, I wish church was like that. I wish people would walk in here and go, I got your back. Your family, I got you. I watched in the movie about how men were dismissed because they were wounded and, they, ch and they, they checked themselves out of the hospital and went back to the front and, the, and the, their commanding officer said, what are you doing here? And he says, I will not lay there when my brothers are out here fighting. God, I wish that you'd find a bunch of Christians in a church that go, I ain't leaving my post. I'm going to say something else to you. Next week, I will be here. Next month, I will be here. Next year, I will be here. I will not leave my post because there's people in this church that are dependent on me doing my job. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of God and the power of his Christ have come, and the accuser of the brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast out. You have an enemy. And they overcame him by the blood. We're going to pass communion elements out, and I want you to do something. I have probably said some things and some of y'all said amen and some of you may have said, oh my. But, but, but I'm going to tell you something. We have a thing called communion. Do you know why? You can take yesterday and go, I get it under the blood. Amen. Father, thank you for what Jesus did. Thank you. Because you can't move forward looking back. You, you cannot walk with God with shame in you. So I may have said things that caused conviction. You're going to take communion and you're going to clean it up. Father, I'm taking everything I did and didn't do and I'm going to put it right under the blood. I'm not standing in front of the devil. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear his accusing mouth. And today... I'm starting my life. I'm, I'm creating a formula. I'm creating a plan. And I'm going to have victory. You say, what happens if I fail? Take communion tomorrow. Nobody told you you only had to do it in church and you couldn't do it more than once. You know, I've had days that were so bad. I have, I have un non-alcoholic grape juice and crackers in my house for my failures. I will not live in condemnation and I will not live in shame. If Satan gives me a bad day and, and, I, and, and I have a, and I succumb, I know none of y'all ever gone. 
done anything wrong, I know, but I go in my refrigerator and I take communion. And I, bow, I get on my knees again and I make Jesus Lord. I get under the blood and I get up and shout the victory and move forward. We're fixing to do that. I'm fixing to turn this over to Lisa. I want to say this and I'm about to turn this so give it to her. I, I, I love every one of you guys. I, I love every one of you. I love you when you do good. I love you when you don't. I love you when you screw up. But I sure want you to not screw up. Corfee, you know what I want to see one day? I want to see you sitting right there in that chair with a beautiful woman, three wonderful children on fire for God. And you can do it. That's a good man right there. But get a Bible out. Don't wait on your mom. Your mother's not running your life. You are. Chloe, I'm looking for a husband and kids. And I, I, everybody say, we're in agreement. When I see people in this church that don't make it, I do not point my finger in condemnation. I get on my knees and I go, God, please have mercy. You know why? Because I've been there myself. People who are perfect scare me. I don't know what to do with y'all. You come in here and go, that pastor and Morgan, he's kind of a crazy. I am. Just a little bit out there. And my, my boldness gets me in trouble. I'd rather be boldness in trouble than no problem to the devil. If the devil likes you, you have a problem. Well, he can't stand me. So Lisa, come on up here. Lisa's going to lead you in communion. But before she does, I'm going to pray for everybody in the room. Father, I came here today. We've had fun. We've laughed. We've joked. We get serious. We're living in a world that has a real bad dude in it called the devil. You've already defeated him. You've already stripped him, and we'll talk about that later. He's a defeated foe. But he has one thing going for him that I don't like. He's a liar. I have a great concern when when I'm around Christians who don't know. I want them to know. You want them to know. You gave them the Spirit of God that will teach them. You gave them the greater one that lives in them. You you gave them the Word of God that can't be defeated. You gave them a Savior. And I'm praying over everybody in the sound of my voice right now. That today, I pray I stirred them up. And they'll walk out of here and go, I'm, not, I, I'm, going to live, I'm going to live for God. I'm going to do right. I'm going to get a plan. And I'm going to live victoriously while I'm on this planet. And I thank you for that, sir, in Jesus' name. Amen. You got this? Praise the Lord. Got a lot in my hands. Amen. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's do that together. It's not enough to just believe in God. The devils believe in God. But they do not take him as Lord. He is not their master. 
when you say, be my master, be my Lord, then he takes you in. Make sure you get to heaven and make sure you learn the word. As long as you do your part, he'll help you all the way through till you reach those pearly gates and bring them on down with you back to the new, to the new world. Not the NWO, but Jesus' new world. So say this, Jesus, I confess, you, Lord, with my mouth, I believe in my heart that God has raised you from the dead, and I accept you as my Lord and my personal Savior. And now I thank you. I am going to remember your death. I'm going to remember what you did on the cross, and I'm going to thank you for your goodness to me and to my life. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.